This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Your favourite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. On August 25th... I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike. Series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. edition of who are you uh this is uh going out on um november the 11th um which is obviously armistice day and um we've done it slightly different um most of you know go to the den you see a um there's a bench there now uh, a very um good detailed uh, solid bench which had um been arranged and, and paid for by um, some fans 
and it's in memory of Private Lee O'Callaghan. Um, well, today's show is we've got his brother Danny on uh, on the show, and what we're going to do for the first part before we go into the who are you questions are um, we're just going to find out who Lee was, um, a bit about Lee, um, just to put a bit of background to obviously there's possibly a few of you out there who, who don't know what the bench is there. And, um, and obviously we are probably one of only a handful of uh, football clubs what um, have um, memorial for two fallen soldiers um, and possibly more going forward. But you'd need to listen to the other show to, um, for that part to make sense to you. So, um, I'd like to welcome uh, Danny O'Callaghan onto the show. Um, welcome to welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Mickey. Really appreciate it. No, it's all right. It's all right. And um, obviously, I checked with you first, and you know, um, I just think it's a good idea to possibly talk about Lee a bit um, before we do the show, just because I think there's a lot of our fan base who possibly don't know anything about him. Um, if they weren't from the area or they weren't from Woolworth or they weren't from Bermondsey or, or for a certain age, because there's a lot of younger fans now coming to Millwall. Um, I just thought it would be good to, to touch on him. So um, before we obviously go into too much, um, what sort of person was Lee? Yeah, he was just, obviously he's my big brother. So he was the oldest of the four of us and just growing up, he was just very sort of, as a big brother would, very caring, look after you and take me round, take me down to meal, all that kind of thing. And yeah, generally nice guy. I've, I've not had, since his passing all those years ago, there's never ever been any stories come out. Oh, he was this, he was that. There's always nice words, just such caring, compassionate and yeah, just a gen, general good fella, one of life's good ones. So, I mean, that's, that's the same as, I mean, I've not heard of anything or, or seen anything. I mean, um, I read an article, obviously, for research for this from um, the army, and they basically said that he was, you know, he was a superb soldier, fitted in well, real part of the family, and everything else. Um, the regiment he was in, the Princess um, Princess of Wales Royal Regiment, was um, a very close knit family, as such. Anyway, wasn't it? I mean, we know yeah, a couple from so. there. Yeah, very much so, and it was. A regiment that was close to his heart because growing up as kids, um, he was part of the army cadet force and they were based in Bermondsey in the old Royal Marine building on old Jamaica Road. And although it was a marine building, the cadet detachment based there was Badge Princess of Wales Royal Regiment. And when Lee always was army mad growing up, always wanted to be in the military, toy soldiers, that kind of thing growing up. And when he became of age, he was able to leave the army, uh, leave cadets and join the army um, straight away, no hesitations. That's exactly what he wanted to do. And being Prince as well as Royal Regiment at cadets and it being um, a regiment in the southeast, he just gravitated towards that. Always wanted to be infantrymen, never wanted to be hiding away, just one of those at the front, wanted to fight, wanted to do do his country proud type fellas. So a when did he, he sign? When did he sign up? What age was he when he joined the army? Was it straight oh, after school or? Yeah, since school finished, it was sort of more like when he was eighteen, really. Um, just was straight into it. Never wanted to do anything else, really. Um, yeah, he had a couple of little jobs here and there, but nothing major. Just 
the army was always for him. It was his love. It was his passion, and something that ultimately um, cost him his life, but something that he chose to do and did dearly and really loved doing. So we take comfort in that. All back then, we did so. Yeah. I mean, he obviously was deployed to um, Basra, Iraq. Yep. During the um, well, during the Iraq conflict, and then obviously when we were allegedly it was over. Um, how long was he out there for? Um, four months, from my remembrance. I was only sixteen at the time, so it was all that time of my life. I think it's a big blur, really. It was a big sort of a big knock to me as a sixteen-year-old. So I just remember him being out there for about four months, and he was due to come home for his two-week leave literally a week after he passed. So he was on the phone to us all the time, really excited about coming back. Even to the point where he was like, when I get back, I'm going to buy you a meal ticket and all that kind of thing. Talking about going to the games and all that. Like just, that's how much it meant to him. He was really like looking forward to, to, to getting back. And then unfortunately, the Sunday night, he was speaking to you, obviously, like you're saying, telling you... Um, that you know he's coming home in a week and you know all of that and then yeah. unfortunately on the Monday night you get two soldiers from the regiment turn up and knock on your door yeah two family liaison officers they're called they it's their sole job to go around and knock on doors and break the bad news it's I can't imagine a hard of a job that is to be really but they came around and yeah I was out at the time I was standing with my mates playing in the park and I always remember my sister Kerry coming around tears in her eyes crying and I was like what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong she's like you got to come home you got to come home mum wants to see you and then it's only around the corner just walking home and officers being there and mum breaking the news to me and from then it literally just crumbled fell to my knees and yeah it's just how do you how do you cope with that kind of news it's it's unthinkable really no, I, I, I'm not, not even going to attempt. Um, you know, I, I've been given news of of people and, and being in close proximity to people, past and stuff. But I wouldn't like to imagine what that would be like for a 16 year old kid to, you know, especially yeah. big brother, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, oh yeah. So the 9th of August 2004, um, unfortunately, Lee was uh, killed by insurgents in Basra. Yes. Um, and then obviously, as we were talking about before, he was brought home, repatriated, um, and then obviously per Bedgley Gardens, um, yeah. which strangely enough is is next to um, one of my uh, wife or my girlfriend, well, she's not my girlfriend, now my wife, um, best <laughs> mate who sadly passed in the November of 2004. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, and it's weird, they were, pretty much next to each other for a few years before um, obviously I'd done some research and, and found out about Lee as such because yeah. you read it in the papers but you just didn't put two and two together at the time oh, it was it, 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 it was weird you know we used to sit on the bench at the um, at the cemetery um, and just it's a not where 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 they're laid to rest it's a nice part of the the cemetery uh, I yeah, don't know what it's, it's like now but it was back then it was it was nice and quiet and stuff. Yeah, it was. It was quite. A, it was a new section at the time, weren't it? So it was. Yeah, it was very much pristine, looked after well, and it was nice to go up there and just sit there. And we had a little bench there, and it was nice to just sit on the bench and sit next to him. And I think my mum got a lot of comfort out of that. So. 
Just, I suppose, the last bit before we start going into the questions was um, Lee Evans, um, John Davis, yes. um, Joe, and 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 a hell of a lot of the, the other um, Millwall fans around Woolworth um, have never let your brother's memory or name fade. Um, no, never. From the road name. Yeah. And they went through so much effort and hard work to get that. And now they got it every year. They do a memorial service there around um, November the 11th um, and lay reefs for your brother. And also the bench, what we started talking about at Millwall. I mean, I suppose it doesn't bring you full comfort because obviously, unfortunately, you're not going to bring him back. But how much comfort does that bring you as a family to know that, one, you've got a name named after your, your brother and, two, you've got a bench at the club he supported? Oh it's, oh, it's amazing, really, just to know that the road is a stone's throw from where we grew up. Um, and that is always going to be there. That's a part of us. Woolworth is, is a massive part. My mum still lives in the same street, same house. And for her, to, she only works around the corner from there as well. To have that close by and that recognition of his name in the area, it's just amazing. And the club, it's such an amazing club. I, I can never say speak uh, badly about Millwall in the terms of the things they do for the community, for their fans. It's, I don't know any club like it, really. They've supported us 100% all of the way. And just this things like the bench, the, the, the small gestures that they do like that really do go a long way with fans. And you can't imagine many clubs, Premier League, down to non-league, just allowing fans to do things like that. It's just testament to Millwall and the hard work and the, the connection they have with the fans. I have to agree. And and the fact that um, the Millwall family as such and the club has such a, um, a solid bond with the armed yes. forces. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Every year they do the... It's around this time of the year they have military come down I remember a few years ago when they was geeing up the crowd going around and just things like that playing the buglers playing the last post and that it's it's amazing the extra the extra effort they put in because Ooh. most clubs do things for Remembrance Day but it's the extra the extra things that Mill will do that make them so special well I've done the last couple um, I didn't do this year because of Covid that was yeah. Mel did that and she's done a fantastic job but I've done the last couple and the year um, you're talking about was um, bomber from the Royal Navy. Yeah, um, we we got them in because they and and going forward now because of um, there's a there was a, a soldier or a, 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 um, a sailor within their regiment who um, Mackenzie who they oh. give um, they give an award to every year. So they were there to do an award to present it there and we'd organised beforehand that we were going to have a few of them to do the reefs. So we we organised reefs. We had a guy from the army we, who was from the 1st Anglian Regiment up at Woolwich. We'd sponsored their um, Millwall fans. Um, we'd sponsored their uh, tracksuits. So we got them in. Um, they were there for a presentation, I think, with the tracksuits and some pictures and also do that. And then we got the Navy boys with um, Bomber. Um, so we had Andy and we had Bomber. 
and we got the buglers in and whatnot. We've done all that. They went off. They went and laid the reef at Coldblow Lane. And I was standing just on the side in the in the corner bit, just there waiting for him to get them off to come round. The ref had already blowed the whistle. The game was in, in motion. I was being told, get them off the pitch. They've got to get off the pitch. So I'm looking at Bomber going off. Come on, let's go. You know, real wide eyes. Get off, get off. And he just looked at me and he just went, I might not do this again. And he just literally <laughs> turned to the crowd and arms went up and he just went, fuck them up. <laughs> and started like, you know, a couple of Millwall chants to get the crowd going. And, and the crowd went. Um, and we ended up winning that game, but the crowd went. And um, and yeah, the rest was, you know, history as such. But no, I, I don't think... That was so spontaneous. I don't think we'd ever um, be able to do that again. Uh, like it was, it went viral. It went everywhere. There was a there was another guy there. Um, I don't think actually Andy was there. It was Andy, Andy was there, I think. And then there was another soldier who was a Millwall boy. And his dad was filming because no one had footage. And his dad was sitting behind on Coldblow Lane. So he had a lot of the footage. Mm. And there was his uncle or someone sitting in one part of the other stand. So they had footage from both angles, what we what we had. And, and I posted it and it just went viral. It was just yeah. probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen with serving. I mean, they're serving. I mean, Bowman's been in the Navy um, 25 years. He's on his next, he's on his next five. So, you know, he's, he's doing another five now. I think we've done 20 wow. and he's got five. So he's been in about 22, 23 years. Um, uh, and, you know, he works for the Navy as a gunner um, and whatnot. So, yeah, he's a bit like your brother, upfront and personal. He's upfront yeah. and personal, but the trouble is he sends five, £600 missiles. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, what goes and destroys them. So, um, so yeah. Well, look, we're... we're um, We'll leave a bit at the end um, what was posted by by the government about um, the news about your brother, which I'll read out um, at the end of this before I do the edit yeah. and everything else. But I think we leave it on the high there of talking about that Memorial Day um, yeah. at Millwall. And then, obviously, we're going to the 20 questions. Yeah. Um, so, first question, you can either do one or the other or both, uh, completely up to you. Um, name or Twitter handle and um, age and, and whereabouts you live. Don't give the address out because <laughs> there's some knows what might listen to us. So, um, so yeah, just your name, um, you know, your age and uh, what part of yep. London you live in. So, yeah, name's Danny O'Callaghan at Danny O'Callaghan on Twitter. Pretty straightforward. Um, 33, work as a funeral director in Bermondsey and um, currently living in St Mary Cray near Alpington. Oh, so you're a Kent cunt like me then? Yeah, so moved away, moved out of it. False that, no, really. <laughs> um, how did you come to become? How did you come to be a Millwall supporter? Oh, Mills, Mills in our family. It is just a family club. Being from Walworth, Bermondsey, growing up around that area, it's just who you are, really. It, my aunts, my uncles, my brother, my cousins, everyone's Millwall, apart from a few rogue West Ham, which we won't talk about. <laughs> but majority of us are all Millwall, and it's just one of those things. I got dragged to games with my brother and my cousins and everything and fell in love with it. 
What was your first um, Millwall game or memory or impression? Yeah, I was trying to think of this. This is a tough one. A game, I can't remember my exact first game, but I always remember we used to always walk from the Old Kent Road, Dan Verney Road, to go to Millwall, going through the width restrictions at the end. And then when you reach the archway and you see the den, I, from then I knew I was in love with the club. It was amazing. Hearing the roar of the crowd, the first minute you hear, it's oh, spine tingling. Makes the air stand up. Absolutely agree was, with you. That was what made me fall in love with Millwall. Absolutely agree with you and pretty much nearly the same. I mean, I, I come to I come to London um, not late in life. I've been here probably 30 years now, but I come to London late as such and I moved into the Cliftonville Tavern um, oh, on right. the end of Early Road and right yes, opposite yes. Millwall. And um, seeing the den as you walk up there on a misty Tuesday night Oh, with yeah. the floodlights lit, with the noise, the smell of the burgers and everything else. We, uh, I, yeah. There's nothing else like it, I don't think. Um, no, can't beat it. No, I, I, I think it's, you know, it's absolutely fantastic. So you're obviously, you probably weren't at the old den. You've no, only... was, as, as I was, that's one of my little questions later. It's one of the biggest regrets of mine is that I never got to go to the old den. And I was like, talking to my mum only a few hours ago, asking her a few things about me all and that. And she goes, oh, I did take you once when you was about three. And he's like, well, I can't remember that. <laughs> it's one of my biggest regrets. <laughs> you hear so many stories about the old den and how great it was. And you see the yeah. pictures of it. And oh, it's one, that is one of the things I wish I could have done was go to the old den. Yeah, me and you both. So, yeah, no, definitely. The new den then. Um, do you like it and where do you sit? I do like the new den. Yeah, it's the first modern stadium, wasn't it? So it's, yeah, I've, I've warmed to it. I do I do quite enjoy going to the den. And depending on who I'm with is where I sit. If I've got the kids, I tend to sit more towards the family enclosure or on a lower, down one of the lower stands. But if, if I'm on my own or with the missus, she quite enjoys it. We go up and sit near block 20, right near the away end. You get you get the, the proper wall sit and you get some of the noise and some of the, the, the chanting and the, the abuse you give. It's it's amazing and yeah again yeah that's just unique unique to the spirit of the club. Absolutely, yeah. Block eighteen, block nineteen, block twenty. Yeah, you yeah. definitely you you definitely get some um, proper characters um, up there, um, and and the language is fruity, and the chants are very spontaneous, and nine times out of ten, very very funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So come on, let's get on to the on to the crux of it of of the main group of questions now. Your favourite all time Millwall player? This was tough. This is very tough. Uh, I'll narrow it down to two. One of them, Tim Cale. I just I just loved Tim Cale growing up, watching him. Even the second coming got me like a little school kid again when he came back. Just wishing for him to bang one in the back of the net. Just just never quite happened. But it. Yeah, I just I loved watching Tim Cale growing up. Great player. That generation of players it was Tim Cale, I feel Reed. That that was what I grew up with and, and that's what I loved. And the other one, Jimmy Abdu. Everyone mentions Jimmy. Not the not the greatest of the players, don't get me wrong, but just the way he worked, the effort he put in and everything, he was hundred percent wall. And that's what you loved about him. So couldn't had to flick a coin, I guess, Cale or Abdu. 
Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean, they were both, you know, good players. Yeah, Shane McHale couldn't score when he came back, but I think there was probably, I think there was more of a, not a publicity stunt, but more of a positivity role yeah. for him rather than score. And also, he just wasn't given the time. Um, no, I think he no. just needed to train with us um, to get him fit for the, the World Cup. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, your favourite all-time manager, and if you say Lomas, we're in this right now. Again, being the generation I'm like, I said, 33, uh, the more modern manager is going to be something like Kenny Jacket. Just love these time at the den. Everything that he does, I still look out for him, Portsmouth, that kind of thing, still keep an eye on what he does. It just, yeah, King Kenny, always the one for me. Interesting. I thought I didn't know whether or not you'll go for Neil or you'll go for... Yeah, no, I just... I... Neil, yeah, he's a legend in his own right, but I just, yeah, I had great feelings around Kenny Jacket. Just always everything he'd done at Mill, I, I loved it. it. Was it was great? So I'm the same. I look at um, Neil more as a legend on the pitch rather than manager. Yes. I don't really see yeah. him, even though he was, and he, you know, he had some really successful seasons. But I see him more as, you know, that legend on the pitch yeah. rather than as a manager. Um, yes, yeah, with Eiffel, Reedy, etc., etc. Yeah, that's that's what I see there. So yeah, so this one, this this is normally a very interesting question. Question eight: Your worst Millwall player you've ever seen? Worst Millwall player? Again, probably never given the the time they needed, but. I don't think I think you could have given him all the time in the world and he would just never have been good enough. Tom Elliott for me. More 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 recent Tom Elliott, he just all legs, nothing about him. He I just don't think he was a championship player really. I think you could give him, like I said, years and years, train him, everything, he just never would have made it. I know back to you. No. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. <laughs> Get in touch, Tom. I'll yeah. get you on the show and, uh, and I'll play this back and you can, you can you can give your views on it. So um, so we've done the worst Millwall player you've ever seen. It's just like this one ain't a Millwall player either. Yeah, no, What's your worst player you've you've ever seen at the den? I've I, I struggled with this one. Really, really did. I couldn't come up with an answer if I'm being honest. It was quite a difficult one for me. So I think I'm going to have to pass. Has everyone, anyone ever passed on questions before? No, no, never. <laughs> never. Um, well, I'll tell you what, come back to that one then. We can always have, okay, we'll come back to that. We're making that. <laughs> um, your most memorable match involving Millwall? Memorable matches. So I've, I've highlighted two that, that sprung to mind. Going to Wembley, Scunthorpe game, Gary Alexander goal. I was literally diagonally as the ball was coming over and I've watched it sail into the top corner. And the goosebumps I got watching that, as soon as it left his foot, you just knew where that was going. That was, for me, one of the greatest moments, being a Mural fan. And another one was beating Leicester in the FA Cup. Uh, Sean Cummins, last few minutes. Again, the, the crowd, the noise, the reception, unreal, absolutely unreal. And again, one of those Premier League champions at the time. I mean, they've just come to the den and we've just beat them 1-0. You can't top that. It, it's it's games like that that basically get etched in your soul. Yeah. That noise, um, exactly. you know, Huddersfield, Everton, Leicester. Yeah. It just, 
it's those things you you'll never forget. They're just etched etched no. there now for forever and a day. So um, so yeah. So question eleven is your favourite ever Millwall moment? Favourite Millwall moment. This was more of a personal one for the family with my brother again. It was literally a week after my brother died, I think, and the club. I mean, like two days after the club was sending their condolences, anything we could do, we can help you out with. And they they wrote to us and said, "Listen, we want to we want to lay a reef on the pitch for your brother. Do you want to come down and and lay a reef?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay." My mum said, "Do you want to do it, Dan?" I can't do it. So me and one of my brother's mates, Liam, went onto the centre circle, stood either side of Dennis Wise, laid the reef down, and as we stood back again next to Dennis Wise, he pulled us in close and just wrapped his arms around us, and he didn't have to be like that he could have just stood there and bowed his head and observed and respected but no he he held us and you, you don't think of Dennis Wise being a bit soft do you like that but in that moment he was and yeah that always sticks in my heart and I always remember and I'm always grateful for that that's a fantastic memory though isn't it mm, yeah I mean uh, Dennis Wise at the time there was a, a, a fierce fierce mm. player both you know, as a manager and a player. Um, and for him to show you, you know, that little bit of compassion and yeah. and care, just... Totally you know, what you it's, expect. it's hard as well because they're still legends to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They play on the pitch in front of you. So, you know, I, I know what it's like. I've, I've, you know, been in front of players and, and shows we've got coming up um, with players who I've had to speak to to arrange things. I've been cacking myself, phoning these people, you know, like just looking at the name on your phone and going, I've got a phone, I've got a phone. I'm not going to give the names out, but I've got a phone. And you just, I mean, I feel like a kid at a sweet shop sometimes or it's Christmas day coming up yeah. and, and it, and it's, oh, it's magic. But that is a, so, so you've got yeah. pictures from there. Cause just Tonks is, is fantastic for photographer at Millwall. He's, yeah. he's superb. He gets the right images all yeah. the time. And I vaguely remember, I think it was playing Leicester as well. We we beat on 2 0. I always remember winning 2 0, and it was amazing. As we as we was walking off after laying the roof, as we was walking off, it, we looked over and Coldblow Lane, and they, everyone was cheering, Army, 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 and things like that. It just shows how, how much support the club gives to you in those moments. So. It's yeah. That, in moments of, um, it's, I don't really want to say weakness, but in a moment of your need where you need strength, yeah, the Millwall fan base um, oh. gives you that strength. It, it, the noise and everything else. I mean, I remember when I, you know, I took the, uh, uh, you know, I got the club to agree to take the um, four guys from the London Bridge attack onto the mm. pitch and. Yes. You know, they're saying to me, come with me, come, you know, come with us, come with us. And I said, it's not, this isn't my moment. This is your moment. Oh, that, yeah, Go. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, I've been on the pitch loads of times, but the noise and the look on their face and all that, that were my moment. Yeah. That was their moment. Um, that's it. And it might be the only time they're on the pitch doing what they're doing. Same as probably, you know, with you. It's your moment and just mm. take it all in because, yeah. it, you know, being on that pitch at Millwall is... Unbelievable oh, listening to a full special, house. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So um number twelve, funniest ever Millwall moment. All 
it's a bit of a weird one this one it, it, it just stuck to mind it tickled me really but bear with it because it starts off a bit tragic but it gets a bit funny <laughs> um there was um do you remember i had to google the date actually it was 2011 cardiff game when we played free all <laughs> exactly what you're fans, gonna say now <laughs> one of the cardiff fans jumped up on the on the on, on the concourse on the upper tier i'll tell you a story about that in a minute goals. Yeah, as they scored their first goal, and he slipped and landed onto the lower, lower terrace. He had all the ambulance around him and everything. And like I said at the start, I'm, I'm a funeral director, and our boss, our Barry, he um he had a box at Millwall at the time, and we'd always go there and we'd be standing around, and everyone would laugh with Barry. Ah, oh, don't look at me, Barry, you're measuring me up, and all them typical funeral jokes you get. Anyway, this fella's fallen, like I said, top to bottom. And the whole of the crowd in front of the boxes just turned around and started chanting, Barry's going to get ya. Barry's going to get ya. And to me, in in what was it, a moment like that, it just <laughs> made the chuckle. And for me, that was the, the comedy side that, that the, the fans throw up as well. It, I, used yeah, to go, I, used to see, I used to see Barry most weeks. Um, we went to the same church. We used to go... Um, St. Church in Jamaica Road. And, um, yeah, he is, mate, that would have been funny. But, I mean, <clears throat> the best bit of that, I done a show the other week with Alison, who was the head of medical. Oh, yeah. And without going into too much detail, but if you fall from the upper tier to the lower tier, pray that the medical staff get to you first before the police because on that day, the police didn't know whether or not he was breathing or not and uh, yeah. allegedly started giving him CPR when he wasn't oh. dead. <laughs> oh. oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. So I think he broke his finger when he fell, but I think he yeah. might have got a couple of broken ribs out of him as well. <laughs> Shoddy police work. <laughs> But yeah, there is a show in our in our back catalogue with um with Allison, um, where we go into um some of the medical data, even the um the time where brain surgery was um taking place in um in the middle car park. Um oh, so wow. yeah, if you've not listened to that yet, have a listen. It's a, it's um it's a good it's it's a good bunch of stories there, and I've waited years to be able to get her on a show. Um and no doubt I'll do some more of her going forward, but you know. <laughs> That was a <laughs> that was a funny day because he'd given it all day, all day he was giving it the old cutthroat, all day long, yeah. all day long he was giving it the cutthroat, yeah. and we're going to get you, we're going to get you, and yeah, then all of a sudden, up there, yeah. his mates just surged when they scored, and he went over the top. But yeah, so leading on, <laughs> I still can't forget that. Leading on <laughs> into um, question thirteen, your best story about following Millwall. Best story about following Millwall is just Millwall itself. I know it sounds silly, but I, I touched on it earlier about the, the club that Millwall are and all the community work they do. I just, I can never thank Millwall enough for everything that they've done for my family because it's never, ever an issue, never a problem. And Millwall is just so close to our heart that, I, I, like I said earlier, that I don't think there's any other club in the country that would give itself to their fan base. Working as a funeral director, like I said, we have families that want to 
go past Millwall on their final journey and things like that. And sometimes this is a very last minute thing. They're like, oh, we never thought of that. Can we go past Millwall? And you just get on the phone to them 10 minutes beforehand and they're like, yeah, come round. And every time you go round, there's five, 10, 20 people standing at the front, all there paying their respects. And we've had opportunities, I won't mention the clubs, but where we phoned up clubs and said, oh, people have asked if we could come past and they're like, no, we don't do that. And it just goes to show that Mill are just, in my eyes, the greatest club out there. No, I totally agree. Um, Billy and um, Nina, when she was there, and Sammy, um, mm. you know, they have they have the policy there that any available members of staff what are inside the building when someone's coming past as their final journey, they will stand outside. Yeah. Um, and they're all, you know, bow, pay, pay their respects and whatnot. And yeah. I think that's special. Um, yeah. This day and age where a lot of respect and whatnot. I mean, I still pull my collar when the funeral cars yeah, go past yeah, yeah. me and stuff. Um, and, and, you know, I think that in this day and age where respect and everything else is dying, um, for a club to still do that. And it, and it's the thing I like about Millwall is that, you know, I'm the first one to judge them. I'm the first one to moan about them when they're not doing oh, things yeah. right. But you know what? We don't always talk about the little things they do. What don't get publicised. Um, the stuff like that, the stuff, you know, what they do for local charities, the stuff what they do for, you know, the food banks and, and smaller charities and, and everything else, let them collect there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because, you know, yeah. a small charity collecting there, raise two or three grand, could mean a hell yeah. of a lot um, rather than having a big charity. So, yeah, I I, I agree with that. That's probably um, probably a great, a, a great story from there. So... Question 14, your favourite current player? Yeah, I don't know, it's got to be Jed Wallace at the moment, isn't it? A lot of people like the way he plays, the flair, the style, just the little runs, the movement he creates. It's the way that he can link up with Romeo on the wing and just switch and change. It's Yeah, you can see why he's got quality about him and why I think, yeah, he's head and, head and shoulders above the rest. Just so glad that he's still with us. Mel so, Messi. Oh, the Mill Messi, yes, exactly that, exactly that, and uh, hopefully we can keep him for a few years longer. So, hopefully, definitely, definitely. Um, question fifteen: Best away day following Millwall. Now, I, I always remember my first away day, and it was I wrote it down. Uh, Twenty ten, first away game after getting promoted, and we went to Bristol City, and it happened to be David James's first game for Bristol City after finishing up with his Premier League career dropping down a level moving closer to home and yeah we turned up put three past him and left him with his towel between his legs and the crowd got got ruined that day as well absolutely destroyed the crowd just from minute one just didn't leave him alone it was all on him everything was against David James that day and I just think he crumbled I don't think he'd ever seen a crowd like it before and that would always be my favourite away game. <laughs> yeah, he got ruined that day. There, I think there are yeah. videos of him on online with that as well. I think they're, um, if you search for it, I think there are bits yeah, of there are a few videos, yeah. He got absolutely ruined over that. So, yeah. questions 16 and 17 sort of tying together. Yeah. Um, your most disliked opponents, and then obviously your top three, yeah. what you class as rivals. 
yeah, so obviously it's got to be West Ham, disliked opponents. I think you're not a real fan if you don't say West Ham, are you? So, again, going back to the Mother's Day massacre, what a great, great game. I thought I wasn't there at the time. I was a bit young. My mum don't let me go to middle West Ham. But um, I just remember listening to it on the radio on the journey home and we was oh, just buzzing, absolutely buzzing to actually be able to do over West Ham. It's every Millwall fan's dream. So, yeah, that's their most disliked for me. And rivals, top three rivals, number one, West Ham, as as mentioned. Yeah. Two, I'll put Charlton. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure taking six points off <laughs> whenever they're in the league. And tough one. Because um, I've gone with, I'll have to. I'm going to go with Leeds. Yeah. Because of the more modern day rivalry of them, but I've also put special mention to Chelsea because of the past with Chelsea. It's one of them games that I'd love to to, to go to a Mill Chelsea game. I know they had the FA Youth Cup a few years last year. Was it? Yeah, last year. Last year. Yeah, last yeah, yeah. Year. And I think it was like. Biggest attenders for a youth FA Cup match or something. <laughs> <laughs> Every real fan trying to get a ticket through his mate. But no, I'd love to go to a proper Mill Chelsea game just for the rivalry and the history there. Yeah, there's a few in there. There's a few games over history. Um, if you could have a time machine for a week or something, just mm, go back yeah. to a few games like, you know, I think definitely in the 60s, 70s or, or in the 70s, definitely, um, and maybe the 80s, but Chelsea, Spurs um, yeah. would have been Spurs, well, yeah. would have been ones to go. Um, West Ham definitely would have been another one to go. Leeds would have been, you know, I think, some of the thing and Wolves, I think Wolves back in the day would have been quite naughty and Hull. Some of the some of the prime games of you yeah. know you hear all the stories of they'd be the prime ones to go. So question 18 is quite a strange one, really, because it's if you could change anything, what would you change? Um and the question is really about Millwall, really. It's you know, would yeah. you change a manager? Would you change a score? Yeah. And and if you would change a score, why? So Question 18, if you could change anything, what would you change? Yeah, at first, yeah, first I wrote down not going to the old den, but then that was a personal thing. That's something that for me I would change. But for Mill itself, I cut the managers. I would obviously get rid of Steve Lomas. He would have gone straight away. And then another thing, I would have liked to have seen Ian Holloway have more of an impact than he actually did in a positive way. I mean, he came came to the den. It was like, oh, the Messiah's coming. He knows how to get teams into the Premiership, and he just didn't cut it. I just I don't know why or what happened, but it just wasn't right for us. So I wish he could have had more of a a positive impact in his time at the den. Generational thing there. I think he yeah, was. Again, yeah, again, I think he was nightmare. I mean, especially when he come back. Um, you know, disgraceful. He thought, "Oh, I'll take all the oh, flack." And um, yeah, in the coach giving it bigger. <laughs> mate, I nearly got because obviously I was fan of the ball. I, I managed to get right next to the um, to the away door where they come in off the coach. Yeah. I saw the coach yeah. come in. It turned around. He was at the front, and you can see it on some of the TV stuff where he's getting off the coach. I'm there in a green like Parker jacket thing, and um, you'll see me duck on the TV footage. Um, and the reason I duck is because someone threw a Bulmers bottle at him oh, and missed him and nearly took me out instead. <laughs> I just I just literally caught a glimpse of something coming through the air and managed to move 
and it and it landed on my feet. But yeah, it was so close. I mean, I don't know how the coach and everyone else didn't get done that night. It was unbelievable. He got ruined though. Absolutely, he got you know ruined over that game. Um, with oh, who was he back with QPR? Wasn't it? it was QPR? Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he got ruined over that. He thought he was going to be the big man and come in and take it all, and then obviously we beat him. So uh, it made his night even better. Question yeah. nineteen. We're ne- nearly there now. Two. Two questions left. Question 19. Your all-time favourite shirt? Yes, this would have to be the um, the limited edition Headley Court Army camouflage shirt. So I was lucky enough to get one of those. And I took it with me on the memorial match that Mill had with my brother's regiment. They had a, a game, Lions versus Tigers. And I actually got it signed by Neil Harris and Gary Alexander. So that's that's kept away. I haven't yet to, yet to get it framed, but it will be one of those that will go in a frame and hang proudly on my wall somewhere. That was again one of the most fantastic shirts we mm. ever done. My only downside with that shirt was that they never made enough of them. No, and exactly. the problem was is that the problem what I see with that is that if you don't make enough of them, yes, they are a limited edition, and yes, they mean a lot. But the problem is, is that when you don't make enough of them, I think they only made 1,500, is uh, you've got people what will make money out of them. There was one, yes. on, there was one on eBay the other day um, going, and it was like 280, 290 quid. Oh, uh, yeah. And, you know, I'd love one, but I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be paying 300 quid to someone's no. pocket. You know, if they tell me exactly, yeah. make a donation to the, you know, yeah, um, it's a headly call, or, or, yeah. or, or an army charity. Then yeah, great. Yeah. You know, you, you probably think you probably think about it. Not a problem. But I'm not putting yeah, it. In someone's not when pocket. someone's profiteering. No, it would be good, really, if Millwall could get Macron because I think it was Macron that made the kit. That Macron should, you know, make some more and just sell them because they'd sell them like you know, if they made another two thousand, they'd go like that. Oh, that's because dope. everyone wants one. That was probably the best yeah. shirt we've ever had. Yeah. Um, you know, for for what it meant. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, not necessarily on the design because some people will go with different ones and whatnot. But yeah. as as what it meant for a shirt, um, that was probably you know the best um, shirt a football club, any football club has probably done. I think Hartlepool had one this year with the Spitfires on. They had something similar, yeah, um, which was good, but it still don't beat that army combo. That, that no, that camouflage. The army yeah. camouflage just was was the nuts. So so yeah. Um, so that's probably, I don't know, maybe maybe that's 20 as well. Let's let's say, question 20, your oh, best no. piece of Millwall memorabilia you own? No, no, I've got one that just pips it, and it's my signed FA Cup final shirt. Uh, again, something that was gifted to me from the club. It was when we <laughs> were my brother's funeral. It, it was, that was in the August 2004, and so obviously in the May time, it was the FA Cup final, and we drove past me well we drove through the front and everyone came out paid their respects and as we opened they came up to the window and they opened up the window and they presented us with a signed football and a signed FA Cup final shirt for the family and again that is just money can't buy that kind of thing for, for the club and what they do for their, for their fans and it, that that holds a special place and that is framed and that is up on me wall so that, that will never go that will never be sold so that's a fantastic gesture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Especially as you didn't even know you were going to get anything. Um, the football, apart on parcel, you know, 
yeah. lot of people have probably got footballs because yeah. you know they they do them all the time. But yeah. a signed FA Cup shirt is yeah. there's not many of them. No, no, and it's I, I'd love to get a Man United one and do like what they've done in the entrance at Mill up on the wall. Yeah. Where you see they've got the Mill and the Man United shirt next to each other, that'd be amazing. But I'll, I don't think I'll ever get around to doing that. <laughs> if anyone has a Man United shirt, FA Cup, <laughs> if you're a Man United fan but you don't really want the shirt because you've been to loads of FA Cup finals, um, get in touch with the show and we will reunite it in a really good place next to the Millwall shirt for um, for Danny's. There's bound to be a Man United fan out there with one. Um, yeah. Get in touch and uh, and we forward it or go back to the beginning of the show and yeah. his Twitter accounts right there so you can get in touch yourself. But oh, bless you. So yeah, um, well, Danny, that that is your questions. Um, I told you they weren't that bad. Um, I think you you survived them fairly well. You get some some great answers um, there, and it's interesting as well because we've done different ages when you go down on the younger side of it you get yeah. completely different answers um yeah. and i think that yeah i think i think you you i think you've answered them all all right a couple we couldn't ask you obviously couldn't ask if your cbl halfway seats are ordered to road in but yep. <laughs> you know um one day once they bring time machines back we're we're we go back to the old den and, and, and we'll have a seat in a couple of them but um, look, you, you, you're superb. I mean, um, is there anything you want to you want to finish on? And obviously, I said uh, later on when I do the edit, I will um, I will read the, the statement out. Obviously, what was um, regarding your brother to give a, a bit of yeah. context at the end. But I mean, um, for you, is there anything you want to say to uh, people or anything what's out there? Probably just a thank you to um, Shona at Mill. Shona Groves, is it the the support liaison officer. Yeah, um, yeah. I recently got in touch with her to about putting a flag up at the at the stadium, and it was again no problems asked, no questions, just done. And uh, I found one of my brother's flags up there, and that's at the stadium. So just thank you so much for her for everything that she does. Really, absolutely. I think um, I'd done that job um, for two years, and it is not easy. Um, it's a, it's a thankless task. It's very, very hard and it's very time consuming and it's very involving, but she does superbly. Um, and if there's anyone you want to do it, she is the person to want it. Before she did that job, she was in charge of looking after disabled supporters. And during my time as fan on the board, she was superb, um, you know, looking after the disabled and being their voice and whatnot, she was superb. So she, in my eyes, is the right candidate for that job. Um, and yeah, no, I, I, I joined you on. Um, she's an absolute star, um, absolute star. Um, so, so yeah. So look, that's that's your tw- twenty questions. This is a um, a very special uh, edition of Who Are You, um, where we speak about. Private Lee O'Callaghan um, at, the, at the beginning, who was Danny's older brother. So, look, thanks for listening. They shall grow not old as we who are left grow old. Age shall not weary them 
nor the years condemn at the going down of the sun and in the morning we will remember them we will remember them
When you go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow, we gave our today. You might think most banks are the same. At Premise, we agree, and we don't like it. Most banks have been given a pass, and we wondered why. Then, we wondered why not. Why not cut red tape? Why not offer actually free checking? Why not send a driver to you? Yeah, literally to your door. Premise is here to be different and be the first bank to get it right. Welcome to banking as it should be. Visit PremiseBank.com to see how. Member FDIC. Picture this. You're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind, you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com, a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.